0: Okay, hi guys, it is Yudchas Adar, this is Dachanya for Shabbos Kodesh. Um, Chai Adar, Parak Hay, part three. So we are in the middle of a conversation all about why it is that a person who has decided that my entire life's purpose is to have the Shekhinah rest in my life, meaning, B'Shechanti B'Sayucham, Hashem says, I want a Dira inside of you. That's what Hashem said. Kol akhar Hashem wants the Shekhinah to be on me Like literally Hashem wants me To look in the mirror And see the Shekhinah there <laughs> And what we're explaining is That would be like the Shekhinah My my body is the wick The Shekhinah is the flame And what attaches the Shekhinah to me Is is a practical mitzvah Because you would think that it's enough for me To just see myself like that Like okay I see myself as the Shekhinah Right? My soul sees myself as the Shekhinah I see myself as the Shekhinah I'm in alignment Da 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 what we're saying is that it's it's not enough what we need is actually a practical mitzvah and we talked about yesterday is what a mitzvah actually is and what we and delta has talked about this other times in tanya too but this has just made it very clear that literally what a mitzvah is is of hashem meaning a mitzvah isn't something hashem it's not, a mitzvah isn't an aspect of Hashem that's for the sake of something else. A mitzvah is aspect of Hashem that is quite literally one with Hashem Himself. And so, when I'm when I'm tapped into a mitzvah, I'm tapped into a state of godliness that is literally one with God. That is literally absorbed within to within Hashem's light and self. Um, and that's why it's the oil, because what we need for the for the shekhinah to rest is a state of bitul that can be subsumed within the oil that can be that doesn't stand in the way you know like we said yesterday that why can't a soul why Why can't why isn't it enough for my nephew like his to love god to have the rest and we're gonna talk about this more today but yesterday the what the author said was because if it's about loving god i love god there's a me that's standing in the way of loving you and that's not a bad thing you know what i mean that's part of the life of yiddishkeit too and that's part of tarah mitzvahs too and that's part of every you know like like, Yiddishkeit is is a, and our purpose in life is a diverse experience, you know, and part of it is loving and fearing God, for real and absolutely. But specifically right now, we're talking about this Chacham that's saying, I want the Shekhinah to rest on me. What do I do to make the Shekhinah rest on me? And for that, you need a mitzvah. So we're going to see today, We yesterday we talked about what a mitzvah is. Today we're going to talk about what it means for the Shekhinah to rest on me, and that's going to help us understand why we need the mitzvah, which is the panimis Okay, na fashem. Okay. So for everybody who is like me and was kind of like overwhelmed by these chapters at first, first of all, I want you to know that I'm already enjoying them. So I'm excited for like all that's to come. But also, I was just thinking that like, I think that the Yetzir <laughs> is, like, don't, don't, like, literally for this exact reason, for the exact reason that these chapters are teaching us, I think it's the exact reason why my her is, like, don't get involved, like, stay, stay with the spiritual stuff, stay with the purpose of your life stuff, and, like, oh, two souls, da-da-da, all that, like, stay there, but, like, now it's, like, the was bringing us into a whole nother aspect of our purpose in life, which is, beyond anything that i could think of myself anything that i could anything that i could define myself as or grow myself into or heal myself to be it's beyond anything this what others are bringing now is this conversation that's literally saying you want to be united with god do a mitzvah literally do a mitzvah do a mitzvah do a mitzvah and he's explaining why also but it's like It's like we're not tied to our visions of ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, we're really, really not. There's, it's like because we're not tied to our visions of ourselves, because there is a space inside of us that's literally one with God, and the way to reveal that is through kind of tapping into that space. And how do we tap into that space is through doing a mitzvah, not through, also, there's, there's time and places. You know what I mean? We just spent 34 chapters of Tanya, you know, talking about the inner meditation stuff. But now it's like, at the end of the day, mitzvahs (laughs) mitzvahs <laughs> like since Matan Torah, it's been mitzvahs it's literally been about mitzvahs so I bless us all myself included to lean into this and to find simcha and joy in this ongoing conversation that's literally telling us that as complicated as life is and as much growth as there is to be found and healing as there is to be done and alignment that there is to be discovered and all of that I am always able to tap into the essence of who I am and the essence of my connection with Hashem and the essence of my purpose in this world, independent of how I feel or think or am engaged or I'm in alignment or da-da-da. Literally, I'm always able to tap into the essence of who I am through doing a mitzvah. I can always find God in any given moment. Not because of my mind or my heart or my soul or anything, but through through doing a mitzvah. So it's pretty wild. Okay. Anyways, continuing on to conversation about what is the Shekhinah. The resting of the Shekhinah means. What does it mean for the Shekhinah to rest? Hu giloy alekhusa Yisparech davar. The Shekhinah resting is the revelation of godliness and the inso flight in that particular object. Behind this means to say, lai this means to say that this object that has the Shekhinah resting on it is completely consumed within Hashem's light and is nullified out of existence to him. What is nullified out of existence? Batul means that the separateness of that object is now nullified out of existence. The Shekhinah resting is, the Shekhinah is resting in a place where you look at that place and you say, wow, God is there. There is God. Like at Kriyas when they said, Zeh They pointed with their fingers. Zeh, right? Like we always say, because this world is a world of thisness. This world is a world that we point around and we're like, this is my computer. This is the cup. This is the water bottle. This is this. This is that. We're constantly saying this is, because that's zeh literally means I look at what it is and I see this. Hashras, hashkina, the shkina resting is when I can look at something and I say, this is God. Not this doesn't look like a water bottle, but this water bottle is quite literally divrei havaya creating this water bottle it's like if you ever watched word world like that ki- kids tv show where like all of the animals and all of like the stuff in this world are literally made out of the letters like the bear is sp is created out of the letters of bear and like it's 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 literally exactly what this is the bear also looks like a bear but you look at the bear and you're like b-e-a-r this is this is the letters that's creating this thing and it's like, Hashra ha means that I look at the things around me, and I say, it's I don't even have to know that it's batul b'min to God. I look at it, and I see, obviously God is here. It's like how Nachshin saw the ocean. This is God, and that's how, then he opened the channel for everybody to see it that way, when the water split, and suddenly it was like, the ocean looks like an ocean still. It's still water, but it's so clearly and absolutely zakeh This is Hashem. She'azhu shashaira umiskala b'y Hashem akhad. Because then, when this thing is bethlemensius, when this when the separateness of it is bittel to the God that's within it, right? So this, yeah, then Hashem, the One Hashem, can be revealed inside of it. So I kind of said this last time, but it's just a very interesting thing to me that, like, I think that a lot of times we think of bittel and hashras hashchina and godly revelation and all these things as very spiritual concepts. You know, it's like, oh, God revealed in the world. What Alter is saying is a very, Alter is literally giving us an equation right now. The resting of the Shekhinah means that the revelation of godliness is, that the revelation of God is seen in that particular object. That means that the object is comprised and subsumed within Hashem's light and nullified out of its own existence, out of its own separate existence. And then because it is not, taking up its own space, because it's not saying, I am a water bottle and I'm only a water bottle, the natural result is that Hashem is revealed inside of it. Because why? Because Hashem has always been revealed inside of it. Which is why the only thing that you need for Hashras Hashkina is bittel You don't need to add Hashem. You just need to take away the experience of separateness. You just need to take away the sitra akhra You need to take away the skins that are saying, I am I and God's not here. And once you do that, naturally the natural consequence is that God is revealed to be there. You know? And just another quick thing, I was listening to something by Joe Dispensa, who I highly suggest is very cool. And he was basically saying this point of being able to tap into this to the aspect in create basically he was saying that a lot of times our responses are we resp- not all the time not a lot of time but he was saying basically all the time unless you consciously choose otherwise that we respond to things from the spaces of space time or soul which is literally the ways that Hashem created the aspects of creation that make creation creation is nefesh v'rach neshama no not nefesh v'rach neshama I'm sorry zman makam, and nefesh Makam, zman and nefesh space time and soul Soul, though nef- nefesh is the lowest part of the soul. it's not the higher aspect of soul. it's soul meaning body, me, who I am experiencing myself as consciousness, the way that I see the way that I'm seeing myself. And he was saying that we literally are constantly responding to life through those three ways, but he said that there is he was explaining that there's a way to tap into an open-hearted experience where you are literally living life through the through a lens. Of the unity that's behind any of those things, so now instead of reacting, that you know, a space reaction would be, this looks like it looks, and you know, that's the only option. Or uh, I, I was talking about to think of an example on the spot because that's just the way things work sometimes. But this happened then, and so it can't happen. This whatever it is, you know what I mean we mean? we're responding to life. From the limitations of space time and and soul soul meaning experience of self but he was saying that when a person can tap into the space that's beyond all of those experiences and the space that's within all those experiences which is the unity of of life that's beyond any of that then that is actually what you end up experiencing in your life that is actually what gets responded now back to you so now the limitation that space was putting on you, the limitation that time was putting on you, or the limitation that experience of self was putting on you, when you can tap into the space that's beyond any of those three things, you will now be responded to in that way. And it was just like so, like, obviously, like, I mean, it just gave a lot of clarity on what I think we we're learning a lot about in the about like, it's not that God, we don't have to create God. basically we don't have to create God we don't have to we don't have to build a world where there is God inside of it through letting go of the layers of and and these layers have been on us for a long time you know what I mean but through letting go of the layers that say this is what this means and there is no other option this is what this looks like and so there cannot be another way the judgmental energy that we so often are putting into the world of this needs to be happen this needs to happen at this time and because this happened at that time that can't happen at that time and because she got that I can't get this and because this looks like that or I look like all these judgments all of these judgments they're all they're all standing in the way of the shekhinah resting because shekhinah says not this looks like god shekhinah says this is god that's what shekhinah says not this looks amazingly awesome Shchina says this is Hashem's breath. That's what Shchina says, and we're going to see that. That's why a mitzvah is the thing that allows us to draw down that energy because a mitzvah also—it's not about the revelation in a mitzvah. A mitzvah does. When you do a mitzvah, you're not—you know—there aren't sparks flying. But a mitzvah is the definition of Hashem's essence. This is Hashem, you know, and that's why a mitzvah, which is this is Hashem, reveals that aspect of Shekhinah, which is this is Hashem, not because it looks good or it looks God or it looks anything, just because it is. So that was quite a tangent, continuing on inside. (laughs) Um, But I bless us all, especially if you're listening to this going into Shabbos, that even just for this Shabbos and the energy of this Tanya is going to be with us on Shabbos, but literally to tap into that state inside of us that isn't time, that isn't space, that isn't my experience of self, but that is the space inside of me that literally is just united with god literally just united with god and from that space it's like ah <laughs> it's just like open-hearted love it's literally open-hearted love and from that space of course i do a mitzvah <laughs> like is mitzvahs are, are natural from that space and mitzvahs are what allows that space to exist too so it's it's a cyclical thing which is pretty cool okay aval kol ma shalai batal elav Matthias lagamre ein hashem Hashem Anything that's not completely nullified out of its existence of separateness towards Hashem cannot have Hashem's light rest and reveal itself within it. And again, that's not a punishment. It's a natural consequence. If I am living in my separateness, I am not living in the unity. <laughs> it's just the obvious repercussion of my state of being. If I'm saying I am here and there is... And I have these walls around me that are, you know, defining my experience of self right now or defining the way that I think that this should be this way because it happened. this happened yesterday and, you know, because somebody's this age or because somebody has this health condition or whatever it is, these limitations on our own lives that we're basing off of the way reality looks, by definition, in those experiences, Hashem isn't going to be revealed because you're literally pushing Hashem out of the picture, <laughs> You're saying that this reality is more, you know, that reality is going to be more attributed to this circumstance than to Hashem within the circumstance. And the natural consequence of that is that Hashem isn't revealed there because you have literally pushed him out of the way. <laughs> so again, it's not some spiritual experience. It's literally just the nature of life. <laughs> Even at Sadiq, that is cleaving to Hashem with an abundance of love. And I. This, I love when Alterba does this, it's, and he consistently does this when he he uses examples that are of the positive nature instead of of the negative nature. So, like instead of saying right now, just like an example of this would be a person who pushes Hashem out of their life by saying that I relate to my, you know, negative energy inside of myself more than the abundance inside of myself. The uses a positive example of a tzaddik that says that loves Hashem, but that their Love of Hashem is still a self that's separate from the essence of God. So it's just—it's so sweet. It's like it's such a lesson for us in how to teach, especially when you're teaching a disciplinary thing. Like, use positive examples. You don't have to—you know—we don't have to use fear or like—you know—we don't have to remind people all the time of like their own things that they're struggling with. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I'll give you the positive example of it. Whatever I think, it's so precious. Okay, even a perfect tzaddik, who is cleaving to Hashem with an abundant love, in truth, no thought can grasp him at all. Because the true implication of this phrase is Hashem is the one true God, who His Hashem's unity, Hashem's oneness. Absolute oneness is that he exists and there is absolutely nothing else besides him. Literally, that is the essence of Hashem. So what is this tzaddik experiencing? The tzaddik is experiencing this unity and love of God, right? He's experiencing this. But the truth is that Hashem is literally this oneness that cannot be ever experienced because it's just absolute oneness. If so, this person the tzaddik that we're talking about, who is the one who is loving God, right? This person is now saying, I love you, dear God. He, In that moment, he's not one with God because he is literally saying, I love you. He's not in that state of, I am you. Even then, you can't really express this with words, which is going on, which is going to continue on to why you can only really ever experience this through a mitzvah because, Like, one time I thought of this, like, funny thing that, like, instead of saying, I love you, if it's really somebody that you're in that deep, intimate relationship with, I feel like we should be really saying, like, love you, I. Like, first comes the love that's between us, then comes the you, because it's really about you, and then comes the I, because it happens to be that I'm a part of this experience. Like, the I love you is so funny in English. It's like, you are last after I and love. Like... How often are we doing that? Looking at the people that we love and like seeing everything about them, all the reasons why I love them, you know, instead of actually their soul shining, you know? Which again, isn't a bad thing. And there is, via like there's time in Yiddishkeit for this experience of loving God, it, it has to happen. But right now the altar is saying is that for the real unity with God, loving God isn't the way to achieve this unity. And even for a tzaddik, that even for a is not enough. Ein or Hashem Hashem's light does not rest on him. Ella al ha only through the practical doing of mitzvahs. <speaking> Mamesh <in> haser <Hebrew> panem, which is the literal, which is Hashem's literal unity, which is Hashem's literal will and wisdom of Himself, literally, without any concealment of Hashem. And again, not because it looks like that, (laughs) but because that's what Hashem says it is. That's simple. That's what Hashem decided. And that's, you know, so when you're doing a mitzvah and you're like, oh, you know, I just learned in Tanya that a mitzvah is what connects me to the unity of God, but I'm not feeling anything. That's, that's the point. (laughs) If it was revelation, it wouldn't be unity. You know, if Hashem was written in the Megillah, it wouldn't be the want to be the of Atzmas. It's because it's so beyond revelation that's why it is. That's why it is the unity, or the opposite. Because it's the unity, it cannot be revealed. The Kasher, and this is a note of the of the rabbah, of the The Kasher Shamati Mimari al This is in line with what I heard from my teacher. The altar the teacher is the Maggad of mezrich which which is the reason why, why it writes in the Yitzchayim, that the Arian Seif does not unite itself, even with the world of Yitzchayim, unless it invests itself first with what? With the attribute of Chachma. So for some of you that were listening to this, I know that you're going to get excited by that because... We've talked so much about Chachma and like we, we understand Chachma at this point. Chachma is that state of kayachma. Chachma is the state beyond story. Chachma is pre-verbal. It's the state of a baby when a baby is just alive and they're not talking or walking and you're looking at them and you're just like, you are purity. <laughs> you are literally the state of just existence. You are light shining. <laughs> and that's the state of Chachma. It's not, I am this because of that and I see this because of that and I know this because of that. Chachma isn't space, and it's not time, and it's not experience of self. Chachma is the space beyond, before all of that. Chachma is the noticing of reality. It's that expansive space of, this is. It simply is. Kayachma, it, it just is. And what is it? It is God. Chachma says, God is just because it is. Baha'inim, mishum, inside this is because the Insife is is truly one. Shahulavaday <laughs> hu says, this I, I am one and there is nothing else besides me. That's that's Atmas Insife. And this is the element and the level of chachma. Chachma says, This is God, not because it looks like God or because I I learned that it's God or anything simply because it is. It's pre-story, it's pre-verbal. Once you get into Bina, it's like, oh, okay, so now what does God look like? What does God sound like? How does this manifest? What can we do about this? How should we, you know, all that. But Chachma is literally the state of God is here. God is, God is here. And and what we're saying is that for that space to be revealed, that for the Shekhinah to be revealed inside of me in that way, um... I do a mitzvah. I do a mitzvah because a mitzvah is united with God in that way also. And so it can allow this light to be alive inside of my life. So L'chaim, have a beautiful Shabbos. If you're listening to this before Shabbos, if you listen to this after Shabbos, have a beautiful Moti Shabbos. (laughs) Um, L'chaim to us tapping into this, this experience, even just a little bit. But also tapping into knowing that even if I'm not tapped into this experience, this experience is happening. Like, that's the whole thing here, that it's not about the experience. It's literally about the state beyond me thinking if I'm having the experience or not. <laughs> like, when I do a mitzvah, it's, this is what it is. It's not, this is what it is because it feels like this is what it is. This is what it is because this is what Hashem says is, it, says is what is. So, Okay. Guys, okay, I'm just adding this small thing because I've been wanting to say this story for so long and I keep on forgetting. Um, but It's so applicable and it's literally like what is allowing me to understand um this whole chapter 35 in like an actual DOS way. So I just want to add because I keep on forgetting and I now I'm remembering so I'm just going to put it at the end of this recording. Um, But basically um, I heard this story from Rabbi Josh Gordon and he basically said that one time a chassid asked one of the rabbis secretaries. Basically they were asked, they asked him, they're like, the Rabbi spends all night you know, like, staying up, doing all these different things, like Yechudahs, and, you know, going over the marim and all these things, all night, right? And he basically asked the Rebbe, like, what is the Rebbe doing during the day? Like, sure, he goes to the OL sometimes, and he does for bringing sometimes, and there's different things. Sometimes, a lot of times, things happen in the day, but a lot of times, like, a lot of what happens at night could happen in the day. Like, what is the Rebbe doing in the daytime? And the secretary told the Rebbe, I mean, as the secretary told this chassid, the Rebbe is learning Torah. And like, I feel like enough said, I don't need to say any more, but just noticing that even for the Rebbe, you know what I mean? The Rebbe was tapped into Paraklamid Hay also. Paraklamid Hay applies for the Rebbe too. That what we can access through Torah and mitzvahs, through the practical doing of Torah and mitzvahs, is something that's beyond any emotional or mental or, physical any any experience you know it's a it's a mind body soul god unity that happens through me physically engaging with tara and with mincha and with tefillah that you know is is beyond any any other experience so lchaim and just yeah they're have a learned tara